Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. We are going between now and 2024, leaps and bounds. The past year, year and a half, was really the prelude, (laughs) if you will. And if you need any hint of what the next four years will really be like, it'll feel a lot like the past few months have. The amount of growth most of us had attained in that very short amount of time, that's what everyone's going to be achieving in even larger places and spaces, if you will, within their evolution. But we've been in the space of unraveling for years now. We only really began seeing it in our physical realm since 2016. The first season and the first half of the second season were very much all about unraveling our stories, seeing that we weren't necessarily in separation, seeing that things may not have turned out the way we thought they would, but in some way they turned out for our highest good. Mm -hmm. So by unraveling all those stories, we end up becoming different people, right? Yes. And our world unravels in that same way. So we don't see things the same way as we saw before. Because you're not going to see anything in the physical realm until it's actually happened on the other levels first. Explain. So a lot of what you see sort of in the physical realm, outside of you or sort of even physically, all of that's the last to come because everything is a reflection of what's gone on internally. So a lot of the unraveling had already been taking place on the emotional level, the mental level and the spiritual level. When you say physical, you mean in our bodies or you mean both just literally someone in front of me or so like you wouldn't be ready for the right partner until you were the right partner Mm -hmm. things like that yeah and your tolerance for certain things either in your own body or the tolerance for all the stuff that's going on politically or socially we're only now just waking up because we can handle these ideas without it killing us well i tell you what i've struggled with is that every time i felt like something was done it came up again yes but i mean all the time Like, the day we would record an episode, Mm -hmm. whatever issue it was, I was feeling it keenly. Mm -hmm. I thought I'd process it on some level. Right. And then when it came to editing the podcast, I'd be experiencing it again, but somehow differently. (laughs) And then when it came to coming out, I'd be experiencing it for a third time, but again, somehow differently. So it's just like these same issues. And also, because my issue is one big issue, Mm -hmm. I'm like, how many different ways can I look at this it's never done (laughs) and I and I have to say that that's the one thing I slightly struggle with slightly um, what massively is that how much further can I go now how many more layers are there in this because if we say the core layer is I am not good enough Mm -hmm. once you get there is there another secret I am really not good enough (laughs) no when you get to the root that is it okay but there are so many ways in which that root sticks right? It's not just one, it kind of, it goes out. So yes, there are multiple ways in which we have to look at an issue and how that issue manifests because there isn't just one fix. So that will always be part of me, I guess. When you get to a certain point, you will see it all for what it is and you will change enough. It's not even changing as much as you will have transformed. You will have divested enough of your fears that dictate how you behave in these relationships Mm. how you're always reactive somebody does something and you react all that's left is just you and that other person engaging wholly from a space without fear and that's love but to get there often takes compassion being in step with that person so i'll give an example of this is how it is with my mom my relationship with her has grown leaps and bounds 
because we've both grown. It's not just because I grew up and I could see it for who she is and because I became a mom. It's also because I dealt with a lot of the issues that I shared with her. And in divesting myself of my own fears, she's able to do the same because there's no one holding space for that. Once you divest yourself of those fears and you see someone else reacting in that way too as they used to, you're like, I understand why you're doing that. I see part of me in you because I've done the same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. So I have compassion for you. And whether or not that means that the one who's divested themselves of the fears go, actually, I see that I only chose you because of this. Mm. And now I've divested myself. We don't fit anymore. Right. Or it invites the other person to change too. I think there's so much of ourselves that we cannot not see anymore. Our shit's in our faces. The fears are all up. And so what we get to do now in 2020 is play with them. Okay. Mm -hmm. What does that mean? It means that... For every situation and relationship we might find presenting itself to us, depending on where we are, how much of the fears we've managed to divest versus the ones we hold on to will dictate how things work out. Are you going to react to something or are you going to create a whole new dynamic or relationship or experience based on that being a reflection of what is in you internally? Yeah. We so that. our internal state will be completely reflected back to us all the time. So for instance, there are some people, they're fine with how things are. They can live in separation. They don't mind the darkness. They live in shadow. They'll just close their eyes and ride it out. But for people who really do want, like for instance, you, you want certain things to happen in your life. So you'll be calling certain situations if necessary in order to confront those fears. The darker you go, the lighter it is at the other side. Yes, it's scary in the sense of, oh, what am I going to experience next? Yeah. But you need to kind of turn around and be like, how am I going to be freed next? What else am I going to be freed from? Mm-hmm. Where is this going to bring me? Is that what yeah. you mean by playing with fears? Yes. When we're talking about the differences between reactive choices and mm. deliberate ones. Yeah. So is reactive always fear-based? Mm-hmm. And then deliberate choice takes into it, can be fear-based, but it's taking into account no. the fears. No. Deliberate choice based on actual consciousness, not the sort of consciousness our ego tells us we have, that is just really misshapen fear, right? That we cope with. But deliberate choice is co-creatorship. It's saying, I am helping create a new world for myself. I am creating a new life for myself. It goes back to, I am creating my life, my world, my path, my home. And you can't have fear to do that. Not at all. But how can you tell the difference? You know, when we were talking about how fear is created from the mind, and it's why a lot of us use the mind to then try and undo the fear, because yes. that's where it's born from, mm-hmm. right? And that's why it, it seems to work to an extent. How can you know when you're making a deliberate choice to create something mm-hmm. and when you're in the kind of misshapen ego, slightly fear space? It really is about having the largest vision possible. That includes you, but includes everyone else. And that requires compassion. And it's not thinking that you know better. I know what is right. First of all, discernment knows there's no right or wrong. There is what is right for you, as in what is ideal for me. But you're not living in a space of polarity. That's what it is. It's the, I'm all in gray now. My entire world is gray. So I am not operating on the sense of right or wrong. Because when you are in step with others, that means you can really see what's going on. What is everyone's motivation here? And then you're not so easily influenced by what everybody's saying. And you're not judging them either. 
for their views or their beliefs. No, because you can understand it. Exactly. But you can just see that they're not where you are yeah. for whatever reason. Right. Maybe so, it serves so them to hold going, that space. Circling back to that question then. So when you say you take the widest view possible, how does that help you with the choice between a choice and fear? There's two ways to do this. One, are you so connected to your purpose that as long as you are in line with your purpose, everything that you do is to support that purpose. If any fear crops up, it's the is this going to impact my purpose or not? You can do it that way. The other one is, does it bring me joy? In doing this, am I just seeking relief from the pain this is causing me? Or in facing this, will I have greater joy on the other end? So as long as I'm aware of my motivations exactly. for doing something, mm-hmm. then I should do it. And Ideally. then I learn. And then Ideally. you learn. Well, you'll be released from the, the binds of fear. Once instead of reacting to it seeing it and then saying well then something has to be done that's just a reaction but when you can sit there and hold space and witness and just understand and that this is all part of a larger story playing out that has nothing to do with you if you stand in love if you stand in wholeness if you stand in peace it's not your story then all that separation is just going to be happening around you if you are engaging in all the fear that keeps cropping up because it will be all of your fears will be in your face and if it's not your fears it's going to be somebody else's fear are you going to react to that fear are you just going to know that it's not yours what is the true ideal for you and by ideal it's not the fantasy ideal it's the what is going to work best for you in your life so what happens if people don't want to see the bigger picture and they're just happy as they are or are happy being unhappy as they are. They'll be up to the point where they're going to have to deal with them. Either physically, because it's going to end up manifesting in the physical realm and impact them. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with coping? What's wrong with learning to cope? Well, that's actually going to bring us to the second title of this, which is in the now. If we want to experience, and this is not punitive, but if we want to maximize our experience in this lifetime, in our world, now is all that matters. And if we're busy coping, we're not living. We're not exercising all the potential that's out there because we're in a holding pattern. That's what we end up doing. If I'm just in this moment being like, oh my God, how much fun are we having recording a podcast? Instead of thinking, oh, in three hours, I'm going to get my wisdom tooth removed. How am I going to feel in six hours? How am I going to feel in 10 hours? What I've done is I've removed myself from the present. Mm-hmm. I've removed myself from the moment which where I'm experiencing joy. Yeah. And I've replaced it with a fear that I'm then trying to silence by trying to focus on my joy. And also even just trying to anticipate how something's going to play out when you really don't know. Oh my God, I've learned that over and over again now. No one in this world would have guessed how A to B to C to D has happened in most aspects of my life. Mm-hmm. Some things are predictable, yeah. but very little. So it's kind of like you really don't know what's on the other side. No. So there's really no point wondering. The most amazing thing could happen to you in three minutes and you'd have no idea. So why don't you enjoy doing what you're doing now? Yeah, and that's a bit like the compartmentalizing you were talking about, because that's also separation. It's the, well, I will deal with this later, and I'm going to have this right now, but I'm totally aware of what is going to also be tomorrow. And so when you're constantly segmenting your life like that, you're never in the present moment. And when you're not in the present moment, you're constantly trying to control the next moment. That's all you're ever trying to do. You're not just projecting, you're controlling, you're trying to shape that what's going to be coming, not to get super predictive here, you are not going to be able to control because a lot of that is 3D separation burning itself out. So in trying to put out that fire, you might just end up fanning the flames and you didn't start that fire. 
So really, and it's not yours thing. to put out. So whilst it's not about making reactive decisions, right. it is about knowing that you are strong enough to react accordingly. To act accordingly. And so much of what's going to be going around you has nothing to do with you. So you just move on. Yeah. And some things will have to do with you because you just said Perhaps. that they're a mirror. Yeah, yeah. When it's that shit coming up and you know it involves you because it's engaging you directly. Yeah. It is plugged into you and that is your shit. Then yes, you must act accordingly, not react. There is always going to be a uncomfortable and comfortable association yes. with every change. Once we make our peace with that is when we will be able to transcend that model of pleasure pain. As in, it doesn't matter. It will just be a learning. And we will be able to manage whichever way it comes. So as we talked about the unraveling, so as we move from third dimensional consciousness, which is separation of polarity, we're moving into oneness consciousness. What's unraveling are all the different ways in which we experience separation. And what happens is that when you are unraveling separation, you experience more separation because we need that separation to go, right? So you're untying and unraveling and untethering from 3D, but that creates this massive chasm and we're going to want to fill it. We're going to want to fill it with this familiar, like, but the world looks different. I feel different. I don't like this. So we're going to want to rush. We're going to want to react and we're going to want to say, well, I need the world to like look like it was this morning, please. And that's not going to work that way, which is why it helps when you can really live in the present moment. This is how it's going to be today. doesn't have to be like this tomorrow. Who knows? We're getting used to this, right? The past two months have prepared us for this anyway. And I'll tell you, and this is not understating this at all, this ride that we're about to go on is something no living soul, except for some master guides, has ever really taken on. I mean, that's how much we are raising our consciousness. And that's mind-blowing, really, to think that we can, in our human state as we are, achieve a level of consciousness in such a short time. And is it every person on this planet? Everyone will have the capacity to do it. Not everyone will choose it. And that's okay. We're going to have to go really separate Mm -hmm. to want to see a compromise with each other. Mm -hmm. And I think we'll see it in our politics. I think we'll Mm -hmm. see it in our relationships. We will cling to our core Mm-hmm. and then we will see that actually we want to love and try and see that love in the other person. We want to love and we want to connect. If you start thinking about, well, they did this and they did that, <laughs> or they could do this. Or <laughs> well, they let me could... tell you what you did 10 yeah, years ago. Don't yeah, you remember? Yeah, It doesn't allow you to do that. Yeah. It doesn't allow you just to look at the other person and go, I love you. I see you. I don't want to lose you. So the issue and why astrology looks so crazy and nutty, you were saying that oh, it looks God. so doom and gloom because the energies are such... That it's going to feel that way. But it's not necessarily going to look that way. There will be so many joyful moments. There's still relationships to be had, sex to be made, children to be birthed, travels ahead, adventures. There's enough joy and movement towards oneness consciousness that if we choose to see that, not hook into it as a way to save ourselves, but to recognize that beyond this immediate hurt or pain or separation that might be right in front of us, there is something else. Like you said, if I'm through this, I will see the light. We can hold that. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.